Apart from the show, do you want to make apolitical art slash content of some type? Is it possible to make apolitical art? Uh, yeah, like, I do that. I do the POD cast, and I feel like all of the, uh, all of the miniseries are that, and, uh, I, I do have, I do, I have out- outlets where I can do stuff, but also, like, me and Brett, the, the political content of this show just seeps into it. We don't ever sit down and think I'm going to make I'm going to make a really good political point on this show. You know, we just, it happened or points happen. And, and, uh, but yeah, I think it's possible to make a political art. I I don't know if, I don't know, maybe it's not because I wouldn't say what I do on a POD cast is apolitical. It's just not specifically political, but I, I get my stuff in there. I think that if you have, some kind of political feelings. If you care how the world is and stuff like that, that no, you probably can't make fully apolitical art, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I, f- I feel hamstrung a lot of times um, by the political label. Uh, I would, I would love to be able to create and do something free from that. Uh, there's also a lot of guilt inside of me that builds up because I feel like I have a duty to, to 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 raise awareness um so yeah like brian said maybe i wouldn't be able to avoid that uh but you know talking about the future uh i have considered maybe doing something musical in a way uh and a lot of people have offered me opportunities and um i would like to make what i want i don't want to have to i don't want to you know i don't want to have to have it decided i don't want to i i do feel And even the show has fallen very, sometimes I'm like, we don't even do a political show anymore. We just like bitch about regular life all the time. Yeah. But it, I, I, I don't think we do a ton of politics, politics on the show, but I do think that the stuff that we're talking about is, I mean, when you're talking about work and workers and stuff, and especially if you're taking like a left perspective, I mean, that's pretty political because you just, they don't talk, you know, oh shit, sorry. I mean, they don't talk like that. Does that make like, like that it's not even expected that leftists would talk about work and stuff like that, even though that's like almost what being left is considered is that we think about class and stuff like that, but like. I, I I just think that when you're talking about class issues from the inside and your experiences and other people are relaying their experiences, I think that's political, but we have tried to tone. We're not toning down the leftist stuff. It's just that me and Brett don't understand, not understand, but as far as like paying attention to what Joe Biden's doing and shit is just... I don't think we should have ever been doing that basically. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the race horse stuff, the election politics in a way, I mean, even like when we started doing Twitter and stuff, I, I still, 
I had so many jokes. I would wake up every single day and read the news and make jokes. And now I just don't think it's funny anymore. I, I can't bring myself to do it. I don't know why, uh, so it's changed inside of me, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think we like goofing off yeah, a lot more than people would give us credit for, but you know, I, I want to do a funny show. If I'm from the first goddamn episode of this show, the goal was to be funny. It's always been to be funny. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I care deeply for, you know, working class people and marginalized people. And like, I, I'm glad. That, I mean, I think the call in show gets all of that stuff yeah. on the air. And I like that because it also, if me and you are left to our own devices, like we are the basement show, who knows what the fuck we're going to talk about. Right. You know, we're going to talk about whatever, but that call in show m keeps us on task. And I think that's good. I agree. Um, Favorite places you've been out on the road and where are you looking forward to going when we're all able to go again? My favorite place is LA. Uh, I also like Milwaukee and Chicago and New York, but I'm looking forward to being in LA again. <laughs> That's always what I'm looking forward to. The West Coast. I like to be, I like to, I like Seattle, Portland. I love that whole West Coast. I wish I lived there, but I don't. Yeah, Seattle is a big one for me. I think that's a great city. Um, uh, I Milwaukee also is top notch. Um, where I don't know. I'm trying to think of Milwaukee's great. I I mean, if you've never been to Milwaukee, I would like recommend even if you're close enough, you just take a trip there and spend three or four days because it's it's like Pittsburgh. In, in that, like, there is, like, a real fucking palpable culture there that you don't get in a lot of other places. Like, you can just fucking feel, like, cheese curds and, and all that shit. And it's, it's the same thing with Pittsburgh. You go to Pittsburgh, you go hang out in a bar, and they just... They have fucking sausages and pierogies like at the bar. And I like places like that. Yeah, I would say I was going to say Pittsburgh actually um, is one that I love. I was talking to somebody about it recently and uh, there's so much to get into. They have an incredible amount of museums. The city is built on all that water and like that you go through that hole in the mountain and then all of a sudden you're in Pittsburgh. Um, Pittsburgh is a great place. Um, I liked... We stayed in a horrible spot, but I liked Atlanta a lot. We did a lot of walking there and like sightseeing. Um, I love Atlanta. I mean, I didn't like Atlanta the first time we went and did a yeah. show there. I hated it. But then the second time we went when we were with Tom and like just there were people taking us around and, and showing us cool shit. I mean, Baltimore is a great city. I haven't been there in so long. We should do a show in Baltimore. We have to. Baltimore. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of where the I don't think there are a lot of places I don't. Kansas love. City was really fun. Kansas City. I I mean, I think the most part is that like there's so many places you would never visit. Kansas City is on the map. You know, for somebody that doesn't have a lot of money, if you're taking one vacation a year, one big vacation, you might not make it around. I think that what I appreciate the most about touring is that even though we're usually stuck in the hotel room or not not technically on vacation, seeing these places that are similar to Columbus where it's like, oh, y'all are doing fine here. Like yeah. you're, li you're living fancy and free and you got leisure and luxury. 
you're cool. Like everybody thinks this is a piece of shit place, but like y'all are rocking. Yeah. That's, I mean, that really was the big thing with Milwaukee. When, when, when we first went there, it's like, first of all, this city is fucking beautiful and they haven't decimated it. They haven't cut down every single tree. It's like a lush green place with a fucking lake and a baseball team. And like, it's just got everything that you would want in in a city i don't know why baseball team means something but there is like i think about because in columbus we have the columbus clippers which is a triple a team but people like i don't think people get into them the same way they do a pro team i think you really need a pro because these the fucking clippers will win like whatever their version of the world series is and it's like nobody knows they don't get no parade or yeah. anything like that they just get like a vinyl like a, a a vinyl like tarp thing that says we won and then it'll say they won like the past three years or something and you're like oh okay i think it's called like the governor's cup or something and you're just like oh good for you the governor's cup <laughs> you know most of the time uh back in the day people would go see the clippers just because they were the yankees farm team so yeah. like if if somebody got injured before they came up and played in the majors you get to go see them play for the clippers and that was when they were really popular they were popping off yeah got to see old dale strawberry yeah john rocker which is that's a problematic one but i i remember everybody in town being like i gotta go see john rocker and it's like mm, he's racist though. yeah he he's, sucks he's a bad guy uh carol we know carol yes uh, uh, what snacks or drinks does Brian consume while walking? I do the same shit every single day. I will have either a Granny Smith apple or a banana. 99% of the time banana, but I love a Granny Smith apple. And I've really fallen in love with eating an apple while you're walking and then mm. just tossing the core. Yeah. You know? like, Old school. Yeah, it's like it, running a stick across a fence. It does. It's eating an apple while you're walking and then, you know, kind of you have it's like whenever they would show like a redneck of some sort and they would be dirty and they would be dragging stuff behind them as they walk there's always an apple in there yeah so i've been really into that and i like granny smith apples we hadn't had them in the house for for many years because gwen hates them she don't like them like she, she thinks they taste bad so does my wife and gwen eats apples every day she she likes honey crisp so i eat Granny Smith, and then a peanut, a crunchy peanut butter elevation bar. Oh, from all Aldi sells them, but also the crunchy peanut butter Cliff Bar is good if you don't want to go to Aldi. Uh, it, not in a way that like Aldi's bad. It's just there's no Aldi real close to here. It's like a twenty minute drive with to whichever one. So you know, I don't have that, and a quarter of a cup of cashews oh every day that's what i carry with me when i'm on my walk and i eat all three of those things over the six hours that i'm walking and then i stop at a starbucks and i get a venti cold brew black and i drink that so that's my new method and i i probably have said this on the show i don't remember if i have or not but you're just gonna have to hear it again my anxiety level like my panic 
attacks have like leveled off almost. I mean, it happens sometimes where I'll feel real good or whatever, but I haven't had a panic attack except for yesterday, but <laughs> for like, since I started eating right, yeah. I only had a panic attack yesterday because I felt like we didn't have any money, but we weren't really all that bad, but I just kind of felt that way. I, I get like really irrational. You don't say, well, no, it's all changed though. Right? Like I'll just say where I was at and then you can, you know, people can say what they want. I had $390 in the bank. And uh, Katie doesn't get paid for two till not this Thursday, but next Thursday. And I just melted down because I had decided that that was broke and that we were going to be struggling for money for a week and a half. And when I tried to rationalize it to myself, basically what I said is, if you had three hundred ninety dollars two weeks two two years ago, you would have been fucking ecstatic about that amount of money. You know, like that wasn't a small, that's not like broke. No, it's not, you know, but like I, I have changed my, I, I will sometimes just decide that I'm broke. It doesn't matter what's in the bank. There'd be $800 in the bank and I'll just be like, and here's, I'll just be like, oh, fuck, man. Like, like this week I was like, fuck, man, we got to get a grill. Uh, we got to do this. We got to do that. You start naming all these things that you might have to do in the future. I don't know. I have such bad problems with that. But but I think eating right has leveled out my anxiety a little bit. That's good. Yeah. It's amazing. It really changed a lot. And it really was, if I can say, if I if I can give any kind of advice about it is... Like write down what you're eating. Do do the do the in at, like putting stuff in. Yeah. The my fitness pal is what I use. But like <clears throat> if you log your food, then you know when you're operating at a deficit and when you're operating full. And I was operating at a deficit all the fucking time all day i turn a panic yeah and i do burn a lot of calories like yeah you you need to fuel yourself yeah and then once i once i started eating those three snacks because i'm usually out for six hours once i eat those three things i eat them about every two hours i don't i haven't had a panic attack that's great yeah and you're right i mean and and also um i mean i i did the similar method um i logged every single meal on my fitness pal for 365 days in a row because they give you streaks so i did it for one entire year and now i don't have to do it anymore because now having figured out when i'm eating enough or when i'm doing bad or knowing how much what the nutritional value of like a fucking scoop of sour cream is or a handful of cashews all of that stuff is all information and that takes away all the mystery and that takes away the anxiety of like did i eat? did i eat bad did i eat i don't know you you just don't know what you did if you don't track it and you don't uh, yeah like for me it was like so now i have a 650 calorie breakfast every day yeah because I burn 3000 calories every day out walking. And, uh, I just, for some reason, like now I feel great. I just, I, I feel happier 
yeah than i have in a long time but also like not having constant anxiety being able to have my psychiatrist appointment the other day and and it being five minutes now it sounds like a waste of money but it also meant that like i wasn't in crisis right for the first time uh uh in a while and my last two my therapist has noticed i'm not in crisis anymore i haven't been in crisis so i i guess like i've just change it's change i'm changing how i think about eating and it's really helping me out so makes me feel good uh do you guys have any heroes <laughs> besides james hetfield for brett is he brett's hero if all the shock jocks had a royal rumble who would win uh uh brett do you have any heroes i'm not a hero guy yeah i think i admire talent i think Jem james hetfield hasn't you know, he's obviously written some stinkers in his life. Um, but I do think he has an incredible pen. Like, I think that his lyrics really are a big driving force of that band and what makes it relevant to so many people. So for me, it really comes down to writers, performers like that. You know, Towns Van Zant is another guy that I love their writing. And I don't know. I like a lot of the country guys, I guess. Um, I feel like Hetfield, and I, I feel like, I don't know if this is true. It might not be. It might be Kirk Hammett and Lars, but I think that, like, James Hetfield doesn't only sing about metal shit. Yeah. Like, and, and I think that, hey, look, I, I don't. I don't know what he's saying about sometimes, but I know it's not just about the devil or being mad or any of that stuff. It's really like he sings about a wide variety of things and uh, that I find impressive for a metal guy. Yeah, I would say um, I don't I'm trying to think of who I looked up to. I mean, a lot of artists, um, you know, maybe like Ai Weiwei is a guy that I like a lot, or, or Basquiat. Um, uh, I like Joni Mitchell, I think, is a good writer. It's all musicians for me. It's just yeah. something I desperately want to be a musician. Me too. Talking about the being a guy thing, I guess like being in a band would be something that I would choose. Um, uh, I, I don't, Buckminster Fuller. I, I like a lot of his futurism and stuff that ah, he wrote about. He sounds um, rich to me. Like he sounds like Warren Buffett to me. Whenever I hear it, I'm like, that's a Warren Buffett. He was shit. a science guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, who else? I, I just thought of one. Uh, maybe Aldous Huxley. Um, I, Oh, Tony Morrison. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really just look up to creatives. I think that for me, um, I have a lot of self doubt. Um, which has helped me not be corny or and stuff like that. But I think it also sometimes gets too big to the point where it overwhelms me and smothers me. Um, like I was talking about with the political stuff before, um, where I don't know, I'm not confident. I, I don't know what I want to do or how to do it or if it's worth it. Um, so, you know, people like Nina Simone, uh, people that just, outwardly created and and made their own way i think you know that's the punk shit to me is just people that 
the world bended around them. I think that's what I admire is like the people that made their own way and being who they are uh, without compromising. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think my, my heroes, uh, just, <clears throat> I like musicians too. Like, but it's the ones you'll, you would think that I would like. I, I, I mean, I, I admire, uh, Omar Rodriguez Lopez and Cedric Bixler Zavala from at the drive-in and the Mars Volta. I think, I think they kind of are like weird dudes or whatever, but I also think like they put together some pretty special shit. Yeah. You know, like those, those first few albums and at the drive-in are just, I mean, that's really good shit. Um, I, I, I I like corn. I think of I think of the guys in corn. I I don't think they're like really cool guys or smart guys, but they're still playing arenas. Yeah. It, you know, that's impressive to me at the very least and and they have their shit together and they're still making stuff that's good. So, yeah, I think and I think for me maybe even drilling down more like uh, Fat Mike from No Effects with like uh, Epitaph Re- or sorry Fat Records and all that stuff or like Discord um a, a lot of those indie labels and the people that uh just made their own scene and figured it out without like big money contracts. That's the that I mean, that's the stuff that really inspires me, or that makes me feel like I'm not alone, or that like I'm I'm doing something here that may not be mainstream, but you know I, I can't deny all the people that are supporting what we do. You know, yeah, Discord is a really good good one to bring up. I mean, uh, uh, they maybe weren't heroes of mine when I was growing up, but over the years that I've been working with you and doing this stuff and. You know, I've read a couple books and I, I love Minor Threat. It was a band I would never give a chance because they were straight edge. When somebody told me they were straight edge and they didn't do drugs, I was kind of like, fuck that guy. I mean, who, who cares yeah. about him? But then when I heard it later in life and, and I heard the, the, uh, just raw teenage like angst in it and anger, it, it was, it was really good. Uh, man, you know, my my main heroes in this world uh that b- very flawed guys i'll just say this but uh patrice o'neill and ron bennington are really i mean i really 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 love those guys and fez from ron and fez and uh but those ron bennington and patrice o'neill inform so much of what i do it's not that i do i think i'm like great at stand-up and i don't even think i sound like ron or patrice really i'm way i'm way less cool than those guys like they're very cool always quick to have a joke always like and just quick and they have their things and i'm maybe not that but i'm shooting for that and that gives me what i have you know like so i'm not making it to what they are but whatever i have is my synthesis of what they did and i feel like i'm just doing what they did and uh uh but it doesn't come off like i'm doing what they did but uh, ron bennington i know i make a like a lot of jokes about shock jocks and shit like that i love i think that guy really is one of the great talents of uh of of comedy 
period. He's just, and, and Howard Stern was always really big for me. When, when I was a kid, I li- I listened to Howard Stern when I was fucking 15 years old, which is crazy because it's just not a show for 15 year olds. Yeah. Yeah. So those are my heroes. If all the shock jocks had a Royal rumble, who would win? Uh, you know, that depends on what you're asking, but if I got to say like just fighting wise, Bubba, the love sponge. Cause he's, Bubba. The, he's the guy that fights. You got to get him over the ropes too. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Bubba would win. I can guarantee it. I mean, he recently on his show got punched out. Like he's he, still, he, yeah, he has a cage. He has a cage called the Bubba gone in his studio and sometimes he'll he'll get in an argument and then they'll agree to fight and they'll just go in there and punch the shit out of each other i saw the fucking picture of his face and i was totally shocked that a guy would do that for radio uh what's the best kind of m&m uh well i love peanut but caramel came in and it's just they're good caramel um I like the pretzel one a lot, Um, but my special magical cookies, I use the fudge brownie M&Ms, and they're fucking great. Oh, my God. I've never even had those. Purple bag. Is it soft inside? No. It's like hard chocolate, but it tastes more like a brownie than like that chocolate. You know what's crazy about me? It's like I really, really, really don't like crunchy treats like that's why caramel is the one i like because it's soft it's not anything to do with my teeth i just all of the snack i don't like crunchy snacks don't even fucking and you know you've made fun of me for this before but like potato chips i'm just like oh i'll just go get fries Okay, I'll just go get French fries is what I would rather have than potato chips. And like all the candies I like are soft, like gummies and stuff like that. Even when I eat cereal, I pour the milk in and then walk away for a few minutes so that when I come back, it's totally soggy. I love one of my favorite cereals growing up. This I mean, just even thinking about what it looks like is making me really hungry was uh. What I would do is I would pour a bowl of raisin bran. Then I would pick out all of the raisins and sit them next to me and not eat those because I don't like raisins very much. I mean, I eat them now sometimes just because it's healthier. Yeah. But, um, but, uh, uh, I would take all the raisins out. I would pour milk in. I would put like three tablespoons of sugar in it. And then I would leave the room for like five minutes. Let it marinate. And yeah, I would come back in that room and it was basically like porridge. It was it was just totally soggy cereal. And, you know, that's why my favorite cereals are like Golden Grams, which gets real soggy, really good. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, which gets real soggy, really good. And Life. I love soggy shit. I don't, I don't like anything crunchy at all. I don't eat any crunchy snacks. I love crunchy. Yeah. I, My cereal thing is I pour milk into the bottom of the bowl and then I I kind of tilt it sideways so that like the stuff on top gets wet, but then I'm immediately putting it in my mouth. Like, 
I just expose a new like crunchy part on the. I eat from the bottom too, basically. Yeah. I guess. I mean, I was listening to somebody talk about peanut brittle on a Oof. podcast or a radio show or whatever I was listening to that day, and I was like. I mean, who eats peanut brittle? Yeah, I couldn't even picture a world where somebody was eating peanut brittle in front of me. I love it. It's so weird. It's such a weird treat. It's just it's something else. It's something else. It's such a hard thing to eat. It's a very just a hard, hard thing to eat. I also like those Tate's chocolate chip cookies that are basically they just cook the shit out of them oh, until they they're. Suck. Oh. I love them. Jesus, Jesus, Brett. Uh, okay, this one will be a long answer, I think. Uh, let's do it this way. What is your worst drug experience ever? And then we're going to ask for best. You want me to go with my worst? Uh, my worst drug experience ever. I was, uh, I had I, I grew up or I, I had moved out of my apartment and I was or out of my parents' house. I got kicked out of my parents' house and I moved into an apartment with my buddy Zane, who's probably listening to this. And uh, we were broke. And I mean, I just I was making five dollars an hour and the apartment was way out of the price range that I was in to pay half of it. Um, so we never really had food around the house. And uh, I wanted to do drugs so much. Like I just loved drugs at the time, but weed's expensive when you're broke. I think you, you know, you think about weed being like not too expensive and me and Brad even have jokes about, uh, uh, about how it, the price doesn't really fluctuate at all. But I think, so what I did for this whole summer was I got a hit of acid because acid was only $5 and then I just did acid all summer. And then the last time I did acid ever, it's, I, I still want to do it again. But the last time I ever did was when I was 20 years old, I ate acid and we were watching the farm report on T oh, this is what, how I remember we were watching the farm report on TV. Ag day is what it was called. Cause we didn't have cable it was like five in the morning and like the farm report was on TV. No, 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 no. I was playing baseball, a baseball game on the PlayStation. That's what I was doing. And, uh, I was out. I, my, the guy had hit it and then I was in the outfield and I, I had grabbed the ball and I was supposed to throw it back to the pitcher so that we could get on with the game. And I just kept like running into the wall and the guy would fall down. And I ran in the wall and he'd fall down. It's like the dude I was playing with got so frustrated at me. And I just wasn't even having fun doing that. It just felt like the only thing I could do. Maybe like, it was like, you're controlling something. Something is under your control and you're, you're controlling it. And I just, after that, I got up and I needed to go in my bedroom and I laid down and I closed my eyes 
I don't think I fell asleep because it is pretty hard to fall asleep on LSD. But like I closed my eyes and I had them closed for a long time. And at first I was like seeing all these like sort of whatever the visuals are when your eyes are closed, you know, just colors and shit like that. And I, I like had my eyes closed. And then for some reason in my mind's eye, I pictured a big pile of rotten fish and I could see the faces of the fish and they were like out on a sidewalk or something and they were gasping for air and uh it scared me so bad and it was starting to get to be morning and the light was coming into the room and I tried to tape I tried to tape up a pizza box in the window but the pizza box was like way smaller than the window. <laughs> so I taped it up in the window, but light was still coming in. And I was like, I cannot have this light. I need to get rid of this light. So I ripped the sliding doors off of the closet and I pushed them up against the window. And I just laid in bed for the whole day and was just scared as I was so scared. That was really the worst experience I've ever had. I I've never been that scared in my life. Yeah. I was, I'm trying to think, I was trying to think of one. Um, you ever have an anxiety, like air gets high and like get paranoid. Yeah, but it wasn't too bad, I guess. <laughs> the worst, talking about being broke on drugs, we used to buy um, like uh, mini thins. What was it called? Ephedra and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so one time we had no money, but somebody had a bo- had a bottle full of fucking diet pills and we took a whole bunch and we were oh, drinking. And then all of a sudden somebody tells me this joke and I start laughing really hard where I'm like, ha. And all of a sudden, vomit just starts firing out of my mouth. I've been drinking red wine, and it's just like this blood red fucking vomit just fires all over the carpet, Holy all shit. over the fucking place. Red wine and diet pills is a insane. Like yeah. red wine, it was and all speed. we could, all we could get. Jesus, dude, that is a crazy. People who take speed. How old were you? Twenty. You can't. You're not twenty one. Twenty two. And and you know. Adderall's fine, but people, I I feel like taking speed once you get out of like the age that you would be in college. Yeah, it's like you're just heading down like I a was nasty in, road. I was college age, just not in college. Twenty two is senior year yeah. in college, I guess. So you're okay, but but on actual drugs, the worst one was that there was a lady that I worked with that bought an apartment in the same place. And it was like, wait a second, we live across the street from each other. So they would come over all the time. Um, And she was in a wheelchair and we were on the second floor. And I had done mushrooms, fooled around with them, but I got a hold of some. I was like, hey, everybody, let's do mushrooms. And we're hanging out. And all of a sudden her boyfriend goes, who am I? And we're like, you're Jeremy. And he's like, I don't know who I am. And we're like, no, you're you're Jeremy. We You're dead. And he just goes, who am I? I don't know who I am. And he just keeps saying Was it. he tripping? He was tripping. Oh, my God. And then the girl is like, 
Jer, you're scaring us. Please, what? Please stop. And he just keeps saying it and saying it. And we're just like all freaked out, like thinking this guy just took, like, you know, we've seen the movies. You think that this stuff like breaks people's brain. And uh, I had to carry her down. He went home and I had to carry her down the stairs. And the next day she sends a text. It was like, he was fucking with us. And I'm like, wait. No, he wasn't. No, I don't think he was at all. He's a toxic masculinity guy, and yeah. he didn't want to seem out of control. Exactly. Yeah. yeah this motherfucker. Oh, he was fucking with you, and it, it, he, he just... Oh, that poor guy. Yeah, he, we, he, he was his, a total redneck. He was a Johnstown guy, uh, and uh, never fucked with that guy again. Like that was, just, I was just like... She's like, are you guys, what are you guys doing this weekend? I'm like, oh, I'm busy. We got stuff to do. We're going to trip, but not with you, basically. Yeah. Oh, my God. He like, was so, it was so weird because we were like, dude, fucking seriously. Like, do are you having a, like, we, do we need to call the police? Like, we're all so, like, we all of a sudden just get like all oh, yeah. worried. And you're just like frantic and you don't know what's going on. This person. And then he just fucking waltzed out of the place. And then it was so fucking weird. Oh, oh man i hate that guy i know he was because awful i think that we should get to know we should know like I, I i feel like i'm gonna just say it he was faking he not faking he was he really was in that situation but he didn't want to admit that he was wasted overwhelmed yeah yeah overwhelmed so and I don't think his girlfriend or wife even was lying. I think he told her that too. Yeah. Oh, he was just fucking with us. And uh I mean his brain broke. Yeah, yeah, I know. He definitely got fucked up real bad. Yeah, yeah. I've never been in like a really crazy forgetting place. But uh the next question is what is your best drug experience? Uh man, I've had like a lot of really good drug experiences. Like I really liked I always think of this night where we went over to this dude Dennis's house that his dad worked overnight shift at the grocery store. And he said, Hey, you know, I'd rather you party at my house than be out doing it. <laughs> yep. Yep. You know, so we would every Friday night, we would go there and just smoke weed. You were allowed to smoke weed and drink in a house. You had to smoke cigarettes outside. And we would go over there. And I had just gotten this girlfriend. It would have had to have been maybe we were together for a week or something because we only dated for three weeks so like at some point you know yeah um and she was there and i was tripping and i was a teenager and truly was on top of the world at that time just having a girlfriend i had just had sex for the first time i that night i was on acid and it was one of the most fun nights of my life. And I don't remember a lot of it, but I know that it was very crazy. Yeah. Um, there's also another time where all of our friends got together and a bunch of us did mushrooms. And that night was an incredible night for me. What really one of the one of the most incredible drug experiences because I was with friends. Uh, we were all old enough and yeah. nobody was getting mad at each other. There was there was drama, but also like 
I know that at least me, Brett, my brother, and Eric all got away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like we were on this, like it was this really neat night where like we were spread out through the whole neighborhood. Yeah. But all like ended up together. Yeah, it felt like a journey. It was great. It did. It did. It did. Um, my top ones, uh, I'm just going to go with what came first. I've got two of them here. One is recent. When we went to ACL, um, I ate like a half a hit of acid, and Charlotte was on my shoulders, and we watched uh, 21 Savage, and I was going so fucking hard. I had this really good dance move maneuver down where I would take one arm and I would like clamp it down on her thigh and I'd have my other arm going like pointing and doing moves. And then I would switch it up so that the other arm would grab the thigh. So I was going back and forth and there were so many people that stopped there and were like, dude, you're the coolest fucking dude here right now. <laughs> and that was one of my favorites. Yeah, but that's be- cool. But uh, I talked about on the show years ago, uh, but Galveston... Texas might be the best one I ever did because we were on the beach the entire time. Um, there was a lot of stuff going on and it was just like a magical place. And it's always really fun when you're able to like be slip into regular society, but you have a secret and that's you're super fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so there was people on the beach we were walking by. Um, there was, I don't know. It was it was it was a really magical night. It was definitely one of one of the best shroom trips I've had. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I walked in a fire. I almost interrupted a marriage proposal. That would have been beautiful. That that part of the story is great. Yeah. Like if you were just gonna be like, do it, man, or yeah. whatever, you know. Uh you know, uh, C3P Dope 420 wants to know about my experiences at Woodstock 99. I think I've talked about it a decent amount. I had a lot of fun. I moshed to Limp Biscuit and ICP. Uh, I mean, I I know you're on this Patreon already, but I did talk about it on the POD <laughs> Patreon. I gave a full in-depth uh, accounting of what I did. Um, so movies or tv shows about work um and the person says you know what what ones do you like and uh what do they get right or wrong um about the experience of work i think they all essentially get almost everything wrong but for a good reason and i'll tell you why they get everything wrong but for a good reason you can't show people working on a tv show it just you're not it, the office uh sure it it is work but every second of that show they're having fun <laughs> like nobody's really working or whatever but uh i like the british office and i think the british office got bosses right in a way that not a lot of shows ever did is the British office. Uh, I got one. Yeah. Michael Scott. I mean, I know it's legendary here, but yeah, the Ricky Gervais version was way more on point. Yeah. (laughs) Way. It wasn't cheeky or fun or likable at all. It was completely, uh, it it turned you off. It was repellent. You didn't like completely fucking repellent. I got a movie for you that I think probably even you like, you would like more than me maybe, but, uh, I remember seeing, and I don't remember a lot from it, but I remember seeing the movie waiting 
and uh really digging that movie when i saw i should watch we should watch that for the patreon or something because that's a work show work movie and i don't remember much of it but I, i remember loving it you know honestly i didn't have an answer until you brought that up waiting yeah yeah <laughs> i worked in restaurants um around the time that it came out too and so a lot of that stuff was really validating putting the pubes on the fucking food yeah you know uh all of the yeah all of that i i don't i don't know i don't have i don't can't think of any workplace thing that i like God damn it. Hold on. There's a movie I recently watched that I thought there's gotta be something. I I know that there's something, there has to be some sort of movie, but I, I'm really lost for words on this one. There's nothing that comes to mind immediately. I mean, office space is, is yeah. I I watched that a hundred times. Yeah. I've seen it too many fucking time. Uh, fuck uh, waiting clerks is about work. Oh, I love that. That, yeah, that Kevin Smith was a huge inspiration for my childhood. Yeah, the Hudsucker Proxy, which is a movie that I liked. Uh, Employee of the Month with Dane Cook. I remember liking that, but I was a dipshit at that time. Never saw it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, basically to get me to watch. I, I mean, I, I think the British office is the show that did it right. And it was like really fun to watch that movie so i know that people have issues with ricky gervais but he made like two really brilliant things was office and extras yeah i think um okay uh c is asking us to hear stories or bits from when we used to do stand-up or maybe some deep cut audio or video of our stand-up we don't have any of that i know that um and i think we're maybe considering doing some uh, yeah. When things get normal, I think me and you should go shoot to try to do what we used to do and just knock out because my daughter's 16 and you have weeks where you don't have Charlotte. So we could we could do stand up. My stand up was I was just talking about this with my wife yesterday. My stand up was basically kind of a, a, a darker version of Murder Brian the guy that you hear on this show, it was like kind of a darker, more bleak version of who I am. And, uh, the, it would have, it, I think it could have worked if I worked on an hour and got it done. I think if people heard it, if, if like the people that hear this show had heard me doing stand up, I think they would still like what I was doing stand up wise. It was just more jokey, like joke, 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 set up punchline, set up punchline was, was kind of what I was doing. And, and like, it wasn't fun. Uh, I can't think of a yeah. singular joke. I the uh, stealing it, cop syrup. Yeah. And here's, this was my, I think my favorite joke was like, people are always telling you, man, you should smoke weed because it's from the earth, man. It's from the earth. And I was like, I prefer painkillers because they come from a pharmacist. Weed has dirt on it (laughs) or a scientist or something that was not delivered. Well, this was 10 years ago, but uh, I thought we were both pretty decent at it. We were doing, I basically did what I, I do now in a way, but uh, uh, darker. And again, I, 
have found that if you're kinder to people, which was just something that I learned over that amount of time anyway, what like in my life is that like, if you're kinder to people and you're nice to people, uh, they will like, like you more. And I'm kind of an extroverted person and I like it when people like me. Uh, so I think I treat people a lot better and I'm a lot nicer than what I was doing yeah stand up yeah i mean i was i feel the same way i mean the stuff i remember them i remember you doing your copper stealing copper wire jokes um like i said stealing cough syrup from your kid um i think they were very depressing bleak situations that we had been through um one of my like capstones was talking about how when i was a kid watching tv i thought that you would go to a diner and there would be like a lady named Jackie that would know your order and call you by name and bring it out to you. But the only place that ever treated me like that was the payday advance center. So, yeah. so I had lots of jokes about like not having enough money and writing checks, um, smoking meth out of light bulbs. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of it, I mean, at the time too, I would say the wokeness, like, you know, now it would seem cruel or like punching down or something. Um, but everything was so fucking edgy and ironically fucking mean and cruel um, that we were able to just go and make jokes about like stealing and robbing to get by and selling drugs and doing illegal stuff like yeah. that. That was that was really, I think, what, what came in was that we would just go up there and say like, you know, fuck, I only sold a little bit of weed tonight. So now I got to perform comedy like it was just really about saying like we're criminals that do comedy. Yes. Yes. That's really what it felt like. Yeah. You said, oh, you had a really good joke um, when you were like, you know, the other day uh, I saw there was a take back the night rally where all the, the community was getting together to get rid of all the violence. So I showed up and stabbed somebody to let them know that we own the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. That one was good. I, I, I mean, yeah, it was just darker. We were just me. Yeah, I used to do like, I would say like, oh, you college kids out here, you're all drunk. You need to get drunk with power and fight back against this fucking university that's taking everything from you. Yeah. Like I would do shit like that. Yeah, yeah. It was fun. We were not bad at it, really. No, we made an impact. We uh, can, we can definitely, now I feel like, I feel like there's a version of our live show where maybe we open for the live show separately. You sure. know, it's like a triple bill where it's like one of us goes and then the other one goes and then we do it together. And I think that would be really cool. I, we just have to put material together. Right. I would love people to see that I could do it. I, I know how to do it. I didn't, I didn't like it, but I think I can fall in love with it. Like I did those first few months I was doing it. I really think I could probably really fall in love with it now, now that I have like seasoning, like yeah. where I'm on stage. Yeah, that's what I was talking to uh Luisa Diaz from Why You Mad on the their podcast about it. She was trying to get me to go on stage again. And uh that's how I feel too, is that like uh, all right, I can go on stage in Columbus, Ohio for five minutes and everybody thinks I'm a fucking asshole and stupid and I suck at comedy and then I go home and cash my Patreon check and I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah. And I also know I also know how to st I know how to stand in the middle of the room and be the center of attention. And yeah. I, I know I, I'm not as like that first time you do stand up, I just remember it being a complete tunnel. It was just Dizzy. like you're just saying stuff and you you wish 
that you were smart and snappy and that like when somebody in the crowd says something, you want to respond, but you're like, if I respond, I'm going to forget what I was supposed to say. And I just got to say the stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was, like I said, I was just talking about this recently and I, I told my wife, I was like, you know, I practiced my set in a fucking mirror a bunch of times and it was a five minute set perfectly it fit in five minutes because i didn't know if they would let you just walk off stage sure. I, I thought like if you don't have five minutes you have to stand up there and fill the other right. minute or two right i i had written five minutes i knew it was five minutes and i fucking did it in two and a half minutes <laughs> <laughs> that's what doing stand-up feels like but it doesn't i mean i don't i was like actually dizzy it is yeah. so hard i can still kind of i have the sense memory a little bit of what it felt like i can say that like well there was a light shining in your face and i could say that i couldn't see the crowd yeah. so i kept dipping my head under the light so i could look out and see if people were liking it which maybe was stupid because it's an open mic and people don't like anything in an yeah. open mic night and like i don't know it i i um i did get enough laughs to make me come back and do it again and yeah. again and again and now i'm just i i'll I've performed in some of the shittiest situations yeah. ever. So I think I can handle, I mean, the Las Vegas show, uh, the, uh, there's just been a few shows that are like St. Louis. Yeah. Misery, uh, where like, I will not feel that way about doing an open mic because I, if they don't like me, fuck them. I don't fucking care. Yeah, like yeah. you said, like, I don't even care. What is Columbus culture? Are there any Columbus tropes we should know about? Like, if you had to describe the typical Columbus person, what are they like? Oh, my they God. They sound like me, Brett yeah. has said. <laughs> Brian has the most Ohio accent. They love the Buckeyes. Yes, yes. You, you really are. If you don't wear, like, scarlet and gray... Like, I very, if you look at pictures of me, you will notice that I'm never wearing those colors. Like, if I am wearing gray, it's got something like purple or any other fucking color. Like, it's just, it's crazy how many people wear the same, same shit here. I yeah. think that is a big, and... I they decorate a whole room in their house, if not the whole house, in Ohio State memorabilia. And I even have an aunt who decorated her bathroom in Michigan, so that that's where you shit. So, get it? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think Columbus is super chuggy. I mean, the the most popular places to go are very typical. Um, the hot spots and the people there are super generic and boring. Um, there's not a lot of risk takers here. Uh, I feel like if I, sometimes if I wear a pink shirt to like a show or something, I'm the, I feel like I'm sticking out like a sore thumb you because are. people wear new, people wear gray. Uh, okay. All the women wear those three quarter length olive jackets that have like a drawstring around the middle. <laughs> and then they wear that over top of a plaid shirt. That's also three quarter length that covers their butt. And then they put black leggings underneath. And then they have a pair of like riding boots. That's the typical 
woman in Columbus, um, your standard guy attire is really low class. I mean, Buckeyes it, or just bands, sports shirts, cargo shorts, bad shoes. Repeat. I, I mean, there's, yeah. there, um, uh, I mean, I am also, I feel like I look like an average guy, you know, like I'm a cool guy for Columbus. People think I look like Metro or something, Yeah. but then also you look at everybody that owns a brewery and here and they look like me. That's you know? true. That's true. Also, uh, uh, there is a certain type of Columbus person who hates columbus and he tells everybody yeah. how much he hates it because it's like not new york or right. it's not la or something like that there's this really specific kind of person who is self-hating you know in yeah. a weird way for something that you shouldn't even really care that much about you shouldn't just be proud of where you're from another thing in columbus culture t-shirts that this is everywhere now, but Ohio shirts. And there's a yeah. place called homage. That's kind of popular around the whole country oh, yeah. now. Um, that makes like sh these shirts that are like, look kind of old school. Some of them, uh, you know, have certain looks and they're all like old intellectual property without paying for the intellectual property. Like they have an NBA jam shirt, but I think it just says he's on fire or yeah. something like that. So like, it's stuff like that. And, and like, basically if you were to go out to the short North or which is where a lot of people hang out, if you go to a place called the standard hall, uh, uh, which is right there in the heart of it kind of, and 60% of the dudes will be wearing an homage shirt. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a fucking lot, but there's also like, I don't know. Ace of Cups is cool. Like yeah. that's a joint that like gets a lot of great bands to come through. Yeah. Columbus also like in the alternative scene, because the, the Iowa State University is gigantic, one of the biggest in the nation. And so we do have a lot of punk and EDM and counterculture stuff. But once again, it's very small time. Um, like even right now with like meeting new people and everything and dating and all of that. I'm like, who do you know? Who do you know? Like, there's people I know. They're like, oh yeah, Drew Toothpaste. Like, there, there. I have connections because there's not very many weird people, and like, no. there, there's yeah. some, but like the ones that make it, you know, the ones that are professional comics artists, uh, comic artists or uh, regular artists, whatever it may be, musicians, all of that. Um, it's it's just a very small pond here and like everybody knows each other if you, you there's a, like it's, i always say there's a class of punks that everybody evolved like when you were 20 to 25 you went to bernie's bagels and whoever was there was part of like your graduating class of punks and like those people you keep up with they know everybody that you know and it is kind of a you know i've had friends that moved away that were just like it's too inbred like there's just I don't feel like I I can meet new people or get away because everybody's mm -hmm. at the same shows that likes the cool shit. Um, and then you're also right when like Chicago, like went to Chicago is a huge selling point for people here. There's lots of people that are like, I got to get the fuck out of here. I'm going to art school in Chicago or I'm going to do this thing in Chicago. And then six months later, they come bouncing back. You know, like I can't, yeah. I can't fucking afford to live in Chicago. Yeah. It wasn't fun there anyway, yeah. you know, but if you do move to Chicago or New York and you move back or LA, 
people like think you did something, yeah. which is kind of nice. Like you could you could make a living by telling people that you did something. Yeah. In Chicago, I I go to, I, uh, I I have my sh- stuff show up in a gallery in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, go to the advertising agency in town and say I lived in Brooklyn for three years and now I'm back, and they're like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> we need you." Know you know it's cool. Actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so uh, this part's funny, Brett. Uh, uh, Brett seems like a bit of a gourmand, but Brian's diet is more mysterious. What is the culinary situation with Mr. Quinby? I'm a good cook, actually. I'm Brett can I'm good at making Brian's good at cooking. food. I can I grill and I I if there is a thing that I like, I learn how to make it. I think is the way that I can say it. Like, you know, I I I like the Samoa cookies from the Girl Scouts. So I learned how to make Samoas at home. I yeah. learned how to make Swiss rolls and like, I just learned how to make stuff and I do a pretty deep. I have, I have, I'm competent at baking. I think is like where I'm great and I can grill and smoke meats, and, but I eat what every American dude eats. Like I, I eat, you know, my, my favorite food is cheeseburgers. <laughs> Like I am like as average as you could ever possibly be. I didn't try sushi until I was 39. So that's just me. Uh, So have you ever received good life advice? If so, what was it? Brent, you did the martial arts advice. I don't, I can't think of anything from somebody who was like, that ended up paying off later in life. Just anybody who's, Brett actually telling me that we will never make a living doing street fight until I admit that I'm a comedian and not just a guy that throws boxes around that changed the direction of my life for sure. Yeah. I wish there was some, I mean, I feel, I don't know, maybe this is all I look for, but I feel doubted by most people. I feel that like, for most of my life, everybody told me to be realistic about what I want to do and what I can do. So I feel kind of defeated. Um, I don't have anything. Yeah. I really wish I, I mean, there was nothing. I wanted some. It's the same thing with like the heroes. There's just, all of this is self-driven to me. I don't, I, if I had time to reflect in a journal, maybe I would find something else, but um Fucking no, I just have to do this on me is yeah. how I feel. That's how I've, I've always felt like no adults. I've said this on the show probably. I've said this in to my therapist. I've said this to my wife. Like no adults ever talked to me like a person when I was a kid. Yeah. I never had somebody give me good life advice. Like they didn't give me any advice. They just told me to act right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, get your act together. <laughs> yeah. Was all I ever heard. Yeah, but I didn't know like what my act was. Um yeah, I mean, we talked to when we went to that graduation party, we talked to that 20-year-old kid for like I talked to him for like a half hour yeah. or more and told him all the stuff he needs to know like going forward and I blurted out everything I would want to hear if I was that Me age, too. but um you know, there wasn't that that just wasn't happening. Yeah. Yeah. There was nobody, nobody that, that could tell me to do podcasting when we were back then. I mean, nobody ever even told us no no person would ever have said 
I can't think of the person that would say, Brian, I think you should try stand up comedy that wasn't just some guy at work that thought I was the I thought I was the funny guy at work. I I always knew I was funny. Yeah. But like I I just thought I was the funny guy at work. Yeah. So nobody ever told me to try to do it professionally. Um what are your thoughts on astrology? Well, I hate to be mean about astrology, but I think it's bullshit. But I also think the Bible's bullshit. I think Santa Claus is bullshit. I think ghosts are bullshit. And I don't think there's any life on Mars or in this solar system area that we live in. I don't think there's like alien people that like walk around. So I am as skeptical about everything as you can be. And I don't even, you know, the news came out last week about those UFOs. You see that? And I don't care. I just, I I'm like not curious about where we came from. I don't think they're UFOs. I think they're probably, I don't know, a bird or some shit. I don't fucking know, but I just don't believe any of that stuff. Uh, uh, so astrology doesn't work for me. Um, I like astrology, uh, in that, um, I like outside information to spark some sort of thought inside of myself. Um, I, I've, I think I've said this before, but it's the same way with the tarot. Um, I find that maybe I don't know how much of that is like divine intervention, but I think that in times in your life, if someone puts a card in front of you and says, contemplate these thoughts, you could either say like, no, I got that covered. I don't think that's a problem. For, I don't think I'm jealous. I don't think I'm angry. No, I'm not. I feel fine. Or someone can present something to you that you're like, fuck, I do got to think about that more, you know? Yeah. And the same with astrology, you know, uh, if it's a, if it's a paragraph in a newspaper or like even a tweet, some of those astrology tweets, like I'll read it and see what it says. I mean, I do have to say, I don't, a lot of it does sound like me. I don't know. Like the, the astrology does get me right. It says I'm a red rebel and a radical and a, uh, a thought prov- it says all these things. And I'm like, I, I mean, it's right. You know, it's fucking <laughs> I mean, right. Technically, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Aquarius are like agents of change and all of that stuff. Um, but, uh, I don't have any sort of personal practice with it. Although I did when at a young age, I was trying to do psychic shit. Oh really? Yeah. Like, like Kreskin type shit. Like where you were like trying to learn the carny trick of it. No, no. Like trying to unlock some sort of latent abilities that it might have. Yeah, I I am. Uh, well, I did study magic a lot too, and I would do the mentalist magic stuff. Yeah, my, you know what mine? I'm a Capricorn, and it says uh, I'm pragmatic, ambitious, and disciplined. Okay, maybe that's why I never believed in astrology. Probably, really, as I've been being told all my life that those are the things I am, and I'm yeah. like, I don't have any of those. No, Not a single one of those it doesn't things. sound like you at all. No. Okay. Okie dokie, Smokey. Uh, I'm going to move. We got two more left here. Uh, so where is gumball? Uh, gumball is staying at er, with Erica. Um, I protested too much to gumball getting gumball. She was never my cat. Um, (laughs) we had a good relationship and we got along. There are moments though. Like when I go into uh, my apartment and, I go to open my door and I kind of imagine that like gumball is going to be there on the bed and I want to see her. 
<laughs> or like you I want to get to see her though when we yeah. record. Yeah, know? I see her when I drop Charlotte off and stuff and say hi. But you know, I don't know. The companionship is nice, especially if you're like having a fucked up day and watching a movie, and they just want to like jump on your lap. I I mean, I have to say, I Gumball made me switch from a dog person to a cat person because like having a dog is like having a five year old all the time that yeah. just is on you and wants to. Sh- to fucking be in your world and like you're managing them you're just chasing them around with right. like but cats are like respectful and they know how to utilize their time they sleep all the fucking day like they you can leave them alone and then you give them treats and then they hang out with you and they're super soft and then they're fucking gone right yeah 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 i mean i don't like any of them but if i had to get one it would probably be a cat because i, I mean it makes me feel really bad to say this. I don't like dogs at all. Like I don't like being at a place where there's a dog because I feel like the dog is in your fucking shit. Wherever I go, dude, my dad has two great Danes and that dog from the minute I walk into that fucking house that dog rams its nose in my dick and my ass the whole time I'm fucking there. You know, and I just, it just, I've been bit by dogs when I was working for the cable company, dogs jumping all over me while I'm trying to fucking fix somebody's cable and shit like that. I just, I mean, I'm glad that people get companionship from dogs and cats, but I don't, I, I just, I've never looked and was like, wow, that's, I mean, I, kittens are cute to me. But I've never looked at a dog and was like, wow, that's so cute. I also grew up with parents who had dogs that they didn't bathe enough and the dog smelled. And I just I have a really fucked up kind of relationship with pets because of the way my parents took care of their pets when I was little. And uh, fuck it. Last question from Corn or Comrade Randy. Rivers, lakes, ocean, or swimming pools? I think my answer is very obvious. Swimming pools. Wow. I don't I don't like getting into any of the natural waters. That's it's just gross, man. You get you get fucking seaweed on you at the ocean and shit. I don't like that. Um I hate swimming pools because I feel like I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like you just go and <laughs> sit in there. It just feels aimless as fuck. It's and weird. I don't like being covered in water. Um, I'm, Me too. I, I, I don't need to go. Everybody's like, it's so refreshing. You want to do it? I'm like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm sweating like crazy right now. And I feel great. <laughs> like, I don't need it. Ocean, I live for. Because the ocean is fighting you the entire time. The waves are coming in. There's something to do. There's something to battle against. Um, the water, I love it. The whole thing is a healing experience. Rivers and lakes, Never. There's yeah. too nasty. They got like snapping turtles. There's mud all over the bottom. There's <laughs> fucking sticks. <laughs> that shit, like, I remember like touching the bottom of a river of a river or lake bed and being like, ooh, God, yeah. I have to swim the whole time. I can't touch the bottom. It's fucking disgusting. Weird, weird shit is brushes up against your legs. You can't see down below or anything. Katie asked me to Google those tubing trips in Asheville where you sit on a tube oh. and you just float on the river. And I was like, yeah, I'll look it up, but I can't even, I am not going to promise I'm going to look that up. Cause I don't, I'm not interested even, first of all, you're shirtless, you're fucking shirtless in public floating around. People can like look at you. Yeah. 
because there's like bridges and you stop at restaurants and shit like that. It just, and being in a river or a lake, both my wife and my daughter, when she was really little, a lot of their quality time came by watching river monsters. Uh So I think even Gwen's kind of afraid of the river, but Katie's interested in it. have, Have I told my river rafting trip story? Probably not on the show. I think you've told me in the past, but yeah, when I was a kid, um, I had a friend's mom who her kid was super bad and I hung out with him and she thought I was a good uh, influence. (laughs) So she would pay for us to do all this time. I'll do stuff all the time and plan trips. We went down to Tennessee uh, to stay with somebody's family and they set up this river rafting trip. And so we go there, we get the spiel. They throw us in this like old VW van and they're like, Hey, if at any time you just want to stop or anything, you just get out of the river and walk up to this road. I'm going to be driving up and down this road and I'll see you and pick you up. And I'm oh like, Oh, God. okay. Okay. That's really doesn't feel safe. So we, we, we depart, we depart on our journey at the top of this river and we're going down, going down, and then there's this fucking crazy spot where this eddy has built up, and there's this huge rock, and I can't get out of the way, and I fly, I like get tumbled and turned into this fucking rock. I feel, I, I panic. I feel like I can't breathe. I feel like I'm drowning. I feel like it's the end. Um, I'm like, get out. I'm like, <gasps> I get my head above water. There's people camping, like you said. There's folks along the side of the river. Yeah. There's a campsite. These people that are grilling out all of a sudden start freaking out and they come to the the bank of the river and this guy grabs my hand. And what happened was I got thrown onto this rock and it slashed my shorts in half Oh man. and it cut my fucking leg open super deep. Fuck. There's blood flying down the thigh, down my thigh. I'm naked. I'm like, I'm wearing a loincloth. Basically my bathing suit, the whole crotch area is gone. Now Are you it's like half of it's hanging. I'm holding my, my dingleberry are you thinking about it like no i'm holding them in my hands immediate i mean i'm like 16 and this is like the worst thing that could happen yes i know i'm like holding my holding my junk in my hand i'm freaked out i'm like no i'm okay no i'm okay and they're like you don't look okay and all this and i just start walking away from them because i don't want to deal with them i go up to the main road and i'm just walking down this like freeway so many cars flying by I'm naked. I'm like naked (laughs) holding my dick while this guy waiting for this guy to come pick me up. He's never there. I make it all the way back to the shelter. I walked all the way back to the fucking thing. Uh, and it it was the worst. Yeah. That is that fucking sucks, man. That what a bad fucking really, truly what a bad plan. I don't think you can, I don't think you can charge people admission to something that can fuck them up like that. (laughs) I think you you send them to the easy part. Of the river. Yeah, I don't think you should be able to charge people to go down the river anyway. Right. I mean, I guess they're charging for the equipment. Yeah. But like I I just when you said that it, it you were naked basically, I was just like, I would if I was in pain and I was bleeding all <laughs> over the place, I would still really only care about the fact that's, that I'm naked. <laughs> I had no idea. When we got home, they were like, Oh my god, that's super deep. You might need like stitches or something. <laughs> <laughs> and they put like butterfly bandages on it. My mom was so fucking mad when she saw it because she was like, you should have gone to the hospital. Like, this is a huge fucking gag. I think like, so too, but that parent didn't want No, it. God, no. That's, no, no, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Yeah, your mom would flip on that yeah. parent, first of all. It, that, that would just be a whole ugly situation. Um, 
That is fucking crazy. I mean, it's so funny how when you're 16, you're just like, if somebody sees my penis, they're going to make fun of it. Yeah, they're going (laughs) to, they're going to, hey guys, check this out. This guy's penis is out. It's smaller than average. They like thought these people thought you were dying and the whole time. You were just like, man, stop looking at my penis. Or don't look at my, just whatever you do, don't look at my penis. That lady's on my dick. (laughs) That lady's on my dick. All those people saw my dick. No, no. (laughs) This is the worst thing that's ever (laughs) happened to me. All right. Well, that was fun. That was a good Q&A. I should have said that another time earlier, but fuck it. Whatever. Jake will put it all together. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back live on, was it, June 23rd, I believe. June 23rd, we'll be back live. And uh, we will have made a TV show. Yeah, so, thanks for listening, you supporting. Um, you can still find us on social media. We're still going to be there. Um, thanks for all your support. And thanks for sending in those questions. Uh, we appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Patreon.